1: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor.
2: And right now, we have a, a dear friend. Uh, who's dying. And it's a difficult time, but it's also a time to remember this great welcome that the Lord Jesus Christ has for all those who come to him, just like the welcome that he gave to the thief on the cross, where it says in Luke 23, 42 to 43, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. See, when that thief asked the Lord Jesus Christ to remember him, he really had several great fears. Let's just say, that, for example, he had four great fears that were in his heart. And in this plea to the Lord Jesus Christ, to remember him. He's saying, remember me. I'm afraid of going to hell for my sins. He's saying, remember me. I'm afraid of being lost forever. He's saying, remember me. I'm afraid I'll never see you again. He's saying, remember me. I'm afraid I will not be welcomed into your kingdom. So when the Lord Jesus Christ responds back to him and says to that thief, Verily I say unto thee, today shalt thou be with me in paradise. He was giving an answer to each one of those fears. He said, you don't have to be afraid of going to hell for your sins, because I'm dying now for your sins, and that's enough for you. So I can say to you, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And then you don't have to be afraid of being lost forever, of just drifting off, because, because today you'll be with me in paradise. And you don't have to be afraid of never seeing me again because today shalt thou be with me in paradise. And you don't have to be afraid of not being welcome because I say unto thee, to you, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. So all that the thief really needed to know In order to not be afraid, he got it in that one statement. Verily I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. And he knew that there would be this great welcome for him into heaven. And he knew that just from that. And when he heard that, he had the welcome that he needed. And he said, now I can die in peace. Now I can die in peace because it's well with my soul. Because all his fears were gone. And so Ruth knew that she had this great welcome from the God of Israel. And that's all she needed to know. Because both the thief on the cross and Ruth are what could could be called those who came from the farthest, from way out there, or what the Bible calls the uttermost, and they found out that the God of Israel is how he is described in Hebrews 7.25, wherefore he is able to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. They found out that the welcome really was true, that the Bible ends with in Revelation 22, 17, when it says, "...and the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that heareth come, and let him that is athirst come, and whosoever will let him take of the water of life freely." And not only does God give an open welcome to anyone who comes to him, but also when the person does come to him, that he and the Father take it very personal, very personal to not lose them. And that's what he meant when he said in John 6, 39, this is the Father's will, which has sent me, of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And then John 10, 28, and I give unto them eternal life and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. And then in the next verse, my Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. And why is that true? That God so openly welcomes, that God so firmly purposes to not lose anyone who comes to Him in their their great need. Why is that true? Because of what it says in, in Psalm 102, 17. It says there, Psalm 102, 17, he will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. That's a very interesting word, regard. When there's a, the Hebrew word there for regard is the word panah. Panah, which is really from the same word as panim, from face, it's from face. So what it's really saying is that God will turn his face to the destitute who is praying to him. That's what God does when anybody prays to him in their great need, knowing the destitution of their soul, knowing their own bankruptcy, and he lifts his heart to God. And what happens? He turns his face to that person. So personal. Now, verse six, has Ruth confessed that she is the follower of the God of Israel? Yes, that's what she's done. But let's notice carefully what Ruth is saying in verse 16 and 17. She's saying, and Ruth said, and you see here, and treat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. Or right. whither thou goest, I'll go; and where thou lodgest, I'll lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God is my thy people is my people, and God my God. Where thou diest, will I die? And nothing is be buried with you, and nothing is going to part thee and me. See, it's so very true that Ruth has decided to follow God. Yes. But what is she saying in these words here in verses 16 and 17? All these words of leave thee after thee, thou goest, I'll go, thou lodgest, thy people, thy God, part thee and me. You know what she's saying here? She's saying she loves Naomi. Ruth loves Naomi. And she's saying to Naomi that she she loves her so much that only death is going to separate them. Why does Ruth, why does Ruth love Naomi so much? What we see in Naomi, Naomi is, 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 on the surface doesn't look very lovable. (laughs) She looked kind of ornery, actually, you know, it's like, but Ruth loves Naomi. Why does Ruth love Naomi? Because Naomi is the person who brought Ruth to God. That's why she loves him. Naomi, through her life and her love, even though, you know, it's, uh, anyway, Naomi, through her life and her love, she just has touched something in Ruth that's just opened up in Ruth, this fountain of faith. She's done something, it's just, and there's just this fountain in Ruth as a result of Naomi. Naomi has taught Ruth about God. No one else taught Ruth about God, but Naomi did. Through Naomi, Ruth learned that God was a forgiving God, that God would accept a blood sacrifice for her sins as she came as a humble, penitent sinner. Imagine what Naomi did. Naomi is really a picture of a missionary who goes to a foreign land, and she, by her confession, by Naomi's confession, by her teaching, by her love, she brings the lost sinner, Ruth, she brings her to the God of Israel. And Ruth loves Naomi. And Naomi is leading Ruth to love God. And that's what's happening here. And Ruth is now so appreciative to Naomi that she vows, I'm never going to leave you. I am never going to leave you. I am going to be loyal. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to stand by your side. And the only thing that's going to stop me is my dead body. And the love of Naomi is just opened up in Ruth, this fountain of love for God, for her. And what we see in Naomi and what she has done for Ruth is an example of what the Lord Jesus Christ meant when he said in the Great Commission of Matthew 28, and he says, Go ye therefore, Naomi, and teach all nations, including Moab, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the earth. When a person obeys that voice, it's not a picture of a sterile platform preaching, you know, to the uh, with very little contact to the people. It's a picture of Naomi and her relationship with Ruth, where there's both the teaching and the instruction and the leading, but there's also the inevitable bond of love that happens between the two. And that's what we see in the relationship of Naomi and Ruth. Now, the urging is over, and Naomi allows Ruth to accompany her. And so we read in verse 19, so they too went until they came to Bethlehem, and it came to pass when they had come to Bethlehem. All the city was moved about them. They said, is this really her? Just this Naomi? Okay. Now, their relationship has now changed in this verse 19 from urging and resisting the urging to the really, the word, although it's not said there, but it's the word together. Because now they're together, which we see in those verse words, so they went, so they too went. Maybe Naomi felt as though she'd lost the battle to get Ruth to go away. But God had really won the battle to care for Naomi because this shows how much God cares for Naomi because Naomi, as we have seen, was very down, depressed, and she had preferred to go back home alone. But God said, no, no. That's, that's not going to happen because God knew that Naomi needed to have a companion. And it reminds us of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 2.7, 2 Corinthians 2.7, and 2 Corinthians 2.7, when he says, So contrarywise, you ought rather to forgive him and comfort him, lest perhaps such a one should be swallowed up with overmuch grief, overmuch sorrow, overmuch sorrow. So Naomi was in danger of being swallowed up, with overmuch sorrow, and so God says, I'm sending you, Ruth, Naomi, to keep you from being swallowed up. So Naomi, she's thinking of herself. She's thinking of her woe-is-me condition, uh, conditions, and Ruth was a great encouragement for Naomi, especially as Naomi got to see Ruth as a new believer. She was looking at her as a new believer and experienced as she was watching him, she was experiencing what John experienced when he said in First in Third John 1, 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And there was Naomi and she had the great joy of seeing her child walk in truth and that brought her great joy and encouragement there. So just as John said, there is no greater joy, so Naomi has that too. So Naomi sees this. And this is, this is what's encapsulated in these words, so they two went. These words are not just describing that they both just, well, they both just went to Bethlehem. These words are describing for us how they were both together. So they two went. It paints a beautiful picture, a scene of agreement between them. They were disagreeing. In case you didn't notice, there was an argument before. That's all done now. And Naomi and Ruth are agreed, and they're going to go through the rest of their lives together. And in that phrase, so they, they two went, it paints for us a picture of them two walking together in agreement. Their lives are now joined together. It's such a perfect picture of what it says in Amos 3.3. 3. Can two walk together except they be agreed? So they, went, so they two went. It tells us they have this agreement together. That, and God's so happy. We have the agreement. God's not happy in, in, in verses 15 through 17. God doesn't enjoy the argument. But now, when it says, so they too went, God is so happy. And so what does he do? It's like what he does whenever there's agreement. He points down from heaven and he says the words of Psalm 133, 1. Behold. Look, everybody. Behold. How good and how pleasant it is for brethren, or in this case, sister. to to dwell together in unity. These two sisters, they're walking together in unity. Isn't that wonderful to see? And we can imagine how this relationship has now become. There's Naomi as they two went, as they two went. And as Naomi and Ruth went, we can see that Naomi has an advantage. Naomi has a particular advantage. As they two went, between Ruth and Naomi, Naomi has the advantage of being a Jew, a Jewess. What advantage is that? It's the advantage that Paul spoke about in Romans 3, 1 and 2. What advantage then hath the Jew? Or what profit is there of circumcision? Much every way. Chiefly because that unto them were committed the oracles of God. So as they too went, we can see that Naomi as a Jew has committed, she is part of the people of Israel. And, and what has happened, that means is that God has given to them the word of God. And Ruth is part of the Moabite people. God didn't give the word of God to the Moabite people. So as they two went, we can see Ruth asking Naomi lots of questions. Questions about what? Questions about the oracles of God. Questions about the Bible. As they two went, we can hear Ruth saying to Naomi, tell me all about the Bible. At last, I got you alone to myself. Now, Naomi, tell me all about the Bible. Start in Genesis, and I want you to tell me from the Bible all about the good provision of God in the creation. And after you do that, I want you to tell me from the Bible all about the good salvation of God in the flood. And after that, I want to tell I want you to tell me from the Bible all about the good calling and the preservation of God in the life of Abraham. And after that, I want you to tell me from the Bible about the good deliverance of God out of Egypt. And after that, I want you to tell me from the Bible all about the good law of God that was given on Mount Sinai. And when you finish with that, I want you to tell me from the Bible all about the good tabernacle of God in the desert. When you finish with that, I want you to tell me from the Bible all about the good protection of God of the people of Israel during the 40 years when they wandered in the desert. And on and on it went. And on and on it went. And as they too went, that's the beauty of those words. As they too went, Ruth would be from morning to night just milking out of Naomi the word of God. And just like a kid goes to a cow to milk out of the cow the milk that he wants with her questions, Ruth is milking out of Naomi the word of God because Naomi has the advantage of having been the people who were committed to her people, the oracles of God or the word of God. And Ruth knew that Naomi as a Jew had been raised on the word of God and that Naomi had been a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ, Jehovah Jesus for a long time. And Ruth wanted to know the word of God just as well as Naomi did. And Naomi was willing to teach her the oracles of God. And and Ruth wanted to have the same advantage that Naomi had. And Naomi wanted Ruth to have that same advantage too. Ruth knew the advantage that Naomi had, as Paul put it. And he delineated more in Romans 9, 4 through 5. And he says, The Israelites to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants, and the giving of the law, and the service of God, and the promises, and whose are the fathers, and of whom, that's concerning the flesh, Messiah came, Christ came, who is over all, God blessed forever. And Ruth wanted to hear from Naomi all about, tell me, tell me about the adoption of God. Tell me about the glory of God. Tell me about the covenants of God. Tell me about the law of God. Tell me about the service of God, the promises of God, but especially especially, I want to hear about the Messiah of God. And as Ruth, as a new believer, was hungry for the milk of the Word of God and everything it revealed, these words, as they went, the more Naomi would tell Ruth from the Bible, the more Naomi would grow. She would just grow in her faith. And that's the picture of 1 Peter 2.2. As newborn babes, Ruth, desire the sincere milk of the Word that she may grow thereby. So verse 19, so they too went, tells us a lot about what was happening. But you know, those words in verse 19 also are very important because they're telling us about a great change that has not only happened in Ruth, but a change that has happened in Naomi. It's describing for us a change in Naomi, when it says in verse 19, so they too went, it's describing for us Naomi's change. What change? To let Ruth into her life and to feed her the word of God. Now, when we see this change, this brings us the question, what about us? How about us? We're the Naomis in this chapter. We're the Naomis who've been raised on the word of God. We're the Naomis who have the advantage We're the Naomis who know the Bible. We're the Naomis who know all about from the Bible the good provision of God in the creation, the good salvation of God from the flood, the good calling and preservation of God in Abraham's life, the good deliverance of God from Egypt, the good law of God from Mount Sinai, the good tabernacle of God in the wilderness, the good protection for the 40 years. We know that. We're the Naomis. We're the Naomis who know from the Bible, all about the adoption of God, the glory of God, the covenants of God, the law of God, the service of God, the promises of God, the Messiah of God. We know that. We are the Naomi's. But the question is, where's our roots? Where are our roots? Where are the roots in our lives that we're feeding the word of God to? Where are the roots in our lives who are milking out of us the truths of the word of God? Where is the verse 19 in our lives? So they too went. Where's that scene in our lives of us as Naomi and our hungry Ruths that we're feeding? We are the Naomi's. And the question is, where's the Ruths in our lives? Could it be that we are the Naomi's of verse 15? Could it be that we look at the lost all around us and say the words of, of verse 15 as Naomi said? It'd be, you know... Go back to your people. Go back to your gods. Return after all the others. Could it be that we're the Naomis of verse 15 saying about the lost, ah, it's just another lost sinner. Let them go to hell with all the other lost ones. They were non-chosen, non-elect. Nah. Do we look at it that way? Do we look at the lost and say the words of verse 15, return after your gods of pleasure and after your gods of wealth and after your gods of prestige? The difference between the Naomi saying in verse 15, return unto thy gods, to the Naomi in verse 19, so they two went, was Naomi's willingness to get involved in Ruth's life. In verse 15, when Naomi said to Ruth, return after your gods, Naomi was saying to Ruth, I have plenty of my own problems in life. I got a lot of problems. You want to hear about them? I'll tell you. I can't get involved with your problems. That's it. Leave me alone. That's what she was saying. But in verse 19, where it says, so they two went, Naomi has changed. Naomi has changed. Now be willing to get involved in Ruth's life. And the great change happened to Naomi from not being willing to be involved in her life of Ruth to being willing to be involved in the life of Ruth. And that's the meaning of those words, so they two went. And the question is, Are we willing to get involved in the life of a God-hungry soul? Are we willing to? And I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. I can hear you saying, I don't know any God-hungry souls. (laughs) I don't see anybody sitting next to me. You know, it's a lost God-hungry soul. I can hear you saying, no one has come to me lately saying, what must I do to be saved? That hasn't happened last week. I can hear you saying, there are no Ruths in my life. But the question is not that. The question is, are you willing? That's the question for me. That's the question for you. Are we willing to have the Ruth in our lives? Are we the Naomi of verse 15 saying, leave me alone. Let the lost return to their gods. All the better. They've been predestined for that. Or are we willing to be the Naomi of verse 19 and get involved in the lives of Ruths? So they too went. went. It all boils down to are we, the Naomi's, willing to get involved or not willing to get involved in the lives of Ruth? And if we're willing to get involved, then God will give us a heart that we should go out and find the lost and make them hungry for God. And if we're willing to get involved, then God will bring us the Ruth's who are already hungry for God. Now, Don ails, there is Don. And he's the chairman of Child Evangelism Fellowship here in San Diego. Don, how many schools have a Bible club now? Seventy. 70. How many could have one? 525. There you go. Five hundred and twenty-five. Seventy have five hundred and twenty-five lost kids in those schools who could be made hungry for God if we're willing to get involved. Lots of roots. Lots of roots in those schools. who who could be made hungry for God, or who are hungry for God, if we're willing to change from the Naomi of verse 15 to the Naomi of verse 19. It all comes down to the question, are we willing to get involved?
1: Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God.